Hello and welcome to the Spirit Guide Society podcast. My name is Pedro Shanahan and I'm your spirit guide. Tonight in the Spirit Guide Society, we had <laughs> Denal O'Gallacor from Glendonach. Then Glendalock. Oh, the newest Irish whiskey to hit the shores of America. This beautiful craft distillery from Ireland, part of the new resurgence of Irish whiskey going worldwide. Tonight we tried the four year, then the seven year. Ooh, blacks, black pits. Black pits. Yeah. And then the 13 year. Mizunara cast, Japanese Ooh. oak, Quercus Mongolaka, absolute crazy stuff. The great American launch of Glendalock. Irish that's whiskey. That's good pronunciation. I did better. Yeah, a lot. A I very did better. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Slaja to your health. Slaja. Always remember to enjoy this podcast responsibly. Very that means so. don't light your fingers on fire. That is guaranteed certified idiot behavior. If you don't you, you know You don't where, want to be famous on YouTube. No, no, no. Don't be famous on YouTube. Jackass came and went. And if you don't know where to get certified as an idiot, I'm not going to tell you. We have a, their a co-owner, brand ambassador, Denal O'Gallacor. That, right. was, that was like 90%. But like in Ireland, we like to make things hard to pronounce. It's okay. just like running joke that we have all with right, the rest right. of the Try world. Again. Denal O'Gallacor. But you have a, a cool like uh, Gaelic French name, uh, and then your middle name too is like it's Frontier. Yeah. So uh, my my parents were getting completely off topic from the start. Uh, my parents were hippies in the 60s and 70s, and they went out to Connemara, where they they still speak Irish Gaelic to this day. So they named uh, all of us with very Irish names. So tell so me the O'Gallacor. Donal Frontius O'Gallacor. Yes. Wow, that's yeah. legit. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, yeah. Right? It's true Irish. Very well, cool. Give us a little history of the brand. You guys are just launching in Southern yeah. California tonight. Yes, we are. And you're one of the owners. How did you get this whole thing started? Well, you know, we're, we're new to California now, but we've been around for the guts of a decade, and we're actually one of the, uh, one of the first craft distilleries to set up uh, in Ireland, and we're, we really pride ourselves of being part of the sort of Irish whiskey renaissance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And a lot of that actually, and a lot of what we get a lot of inspiration of, and it's something that we talked about earlier before we set this up, was putching. Has anyone heard of putching? Does anyone know what it is? Make no So it it's actually it comes as the first spirit ever distilled, not for the faint-hearted. We take a lot of inspiration from the birthplace of distillation. Irish whiskey used to be estimated between 80 and 90% of the world's whiskey consumption. There's over 2,000 distilleries. There's a wealth of different styles. Um, I'm sorry. And what happened in the early 1900s was an absolute tragedy. It was the First World War where all these big monarchs that were drinking a lot of whiskey started to go to war with each other, which wasn't very good. After that, we had our War of Independence, and our Civil War was very bad for business. We mm -hmm. uh, had a trade war with Britain and all of its colonies. And so that's Australia, Canada, New Zealand, India, all these big export markets. And then when um, it couldn't get any worse, you guys introduced prohibition. That wasn't my fault. <laughs> but prior to that, Irish whiskey was king. And we took a, you know, we all worked in and around the drinks industry. And what Irish whiskey sort of, what was known as was more of this like blended style, which historically we didn't um, even make in Ireland. 
And we really wanted to show variety and difference and make remarkably different Irish whiskies. Yeah. And, that's, and that's really what our portfolio represents. If you were to map out the whiskies that we're going to try today on a flavor map of every other Irish whiskey that there is, these are all off on islands all by themselves. And Poochin is traditionally, how come it's, this is such high proof? My experience is that Poochin is low proof. What was this? Uh, that, that's our mountain strength, so it's 55%. Mountain strength. Yeah. Wow, so 110 proof Poochin. It smells like corn. It's not corn, it's 100% malted barley. Traditionally, Poochin was malted barley. We also used to use uh, breaker crops in it, so you see unmalted barley, crab apples, sugar beet, oats, a little bit of rye. It's a, essentially it's a precursor to whiskey. Mm -hmm. And like if you look at the birthplace of distillation, it sort of spreads out from these monastic settlements, and it spreads out as more of an agricultural pursuit in Ireland. Mm -hmm. And so it's a way for farmers to preserve their preserve brain. corn and get a little drunk and you know have a good time. And it sort of changes when the English come into Ireland, the Tudor's conquest in the 1500s. They get a taste for what was known as putching, but probably more better known as ishkabaha. They couldn't say it, but they liked to drink it. So they started calling it ishki and then whiskey from there. Mm. But the English did what the English have a tendency to do is they tried to tax it. Everyone here in America knows what happened there. <laughs> and the so Irish created did a little bit of a rift. A little, little bit of a rift. And the Irish did what the Irish typically do is not pay tax. So there's a little bit of a, there's a, little bit of a clash there. And it gets to a point in uh, 1661 where this bit of a bastard called King Charles II makes all distillation illegal on Christmas Day. Told you a bit of a bastard. And this creates a rift in how whiskey is distilled. That is not a very happy Christmas. And this is my long caveat and it's actually going to turn into uh, why this whiskey is this whiskey. Your larger distilleries on that day in 1661 they go bigger, they go home, they get a grant from the English. The poaching distillers keep on distilling in the more traditional way. And if we want to fast forward to the 1800s, there's a guy called Aeneas Coffey, mm -hmm. who used to chase around these illicit distillers. It was very bad for his health. He used to shoot at them a lot. But he became fanatical into distillation, and he developed a, a new kind of still, because he thought how they're distilling with a pot still, open flame, cut points by taste and by smell. He thought that was very inefficient. So he developed a new, new kind of still called a coffee still after himself, C-O-F-F-E-Y, because he was humble and shit like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> But this is a style that has been adopted all over the world. The majority of your bourbons off a coffee still. You look at your Nika coffee grain and coffee malt mm -hmm. come from Aeneas coffee. But it's a quintessentially Irish style that hasn't really been adopted. And this is what our double barrel actually is and the whiskey that I think is in front of everyone here. So we also call it a column still. But mm. for years in Ireland, even though they were the ones who patented it, yeah. it wasn't used by the Irish because they thought it was the the, what the, the quiet spirit? Is it what they Silent call it? spirit. The silent, silent spirit. spirit, yeah. And so they kind of rejected it, even though it was created there. The Scots really took it on as and their And that's where thing. a lot of your blends so, so really started to come with, with that grain, uh, our single grain style. And you can sort of look at a column still and a coffee still in sort of two different ways. You can make an industrial spirit off a column still that comes out in 94.8, essentially a neutral grain spirit. Or you can look at the lower distillation off it that still keeps some of the qualities of the base ingredients. For our double barrel, we use a standalone mash bill of malted barley and organic corn. It's distilled into the low 70s, and then it's aged barrel by barrel aging, aged in a first fill bourbon cask for three and a half years, and half a year in an Olorosa sherry cask. Wow.
But that is not what's in this bottle. No, here. no, no, no. This is all. This, this is pochin. Yeah, don't drink this. Okay. <laughs> well, it smells so good. I want to. You know how you drink pochin, don't you? Um, in very a quickly. In a rush with a purpose. Yeah, you're half right. <laughs> but for us, uh, this double barrel is a. Um, it's a complete departure of what people think Irish whiskey is. It's a bit of a. Um, what we call it a gateway Irish whiskey. It's light and bright right on the front, and then on the back it's rich and complex. It's a whiskey that's in conflict with itself. It's all bourbon cask at the front, all sherry cask at the back, and they fight somewhere in the middle. So if people want to actually just even roll this around the side of your glass, your legs is going to be, it's going to be thinner because it's a, it's a lighter distillate, but all of our whiskies are singular in style, so we don't do anything blended, and it's barrel by barrel aged in a non-chill filter. So you are going to get the oils, all of those fatty oils still within mm -hmm. this, with characteristics, it's going to give a lot more flavor. It's going to really make it jump out of the glass a bit. Wow, what are you guys getting chocolate. as you smell this? Chocolate. Chocolate, okay. What else are you guys getting? I'm getting like a butterscotch caramel. Oh, butterscotch, kind of butterscotch, toffee, big time. vanilla, in, in, into that, it's all of that sort of like, um, Werther's Original, if anyone knows. Any knows the Werther's Original What were you guys saying? Some sweets? kind of cake? What did you guys say? Butterfinger. Like cake, chocolate cake? What kind of cake? Birthday cake? Birthday With cake. With the sprinkles on it? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, and then it's going to completely change no when we put this in. This whiskey. But I'm going to give everyone a cheesy toast that no one says in Ireland anymore. You say, Gnairi and Boherlat, which means may the road always rise in front of you, because when the road's always rising in front of you, you're always moving up right. in the world. Cheers, it's a pleasure. Cheers. Cheers. We have, we'll, we'll say it two more times. I, I tell you. That's right. May the road rise with you. Can you tell me about the design on the label and who that is or what that is? Well, I'll tell you at the end. Now, Donal, how, how many years? There's no age statement on this one? See, this always happens about three whiskeys in. <laughs> We're only like one and a half whiskeys in here. I, I've been drinking before. No. <laughs> um, so, four years old in total. Three and a half in a bourbon cask. We actually take three of those bourbon casks, American barrel standards, bring them over to an Olorosa sherry cask from Mantilla in Spain, also first fill. Then we go to bottling from there, bring them to 42% ABV. It's all non-chill filters as well. This whiskey was actually voted best Irish whiskey uh, under seven years of San Francisco World Spirits. We're really proud of it. Um, and it's, again, it's like that gateway Irish whiskey where it has that lightness, that sweetness to it on the front, that typical sweeter nose, that butterscotch toffee that you get on the nose. But on the back end, it gets into like this dark cherry fig, this plum characteristic to it, almost even like a hint of tobacco coming in and a very long finish in it. How many barrels to a batch when you guys are bottling? We're gonna go, we're probably gonna do about five to 10, depending. Really, really yeah. small batch. We're, we're small production. You know, mm -hmm. we'd be classified as a medium-sized distillery uh, in Ireland. So you're looking at um, like, like 20,000, nine liters. So that's how, how much can you put out in a year? Well, we have a mix with some of our older stock being purchased from a distillery that was um, subsequently bought by a multinational and then versus what we're producing so ourselves. So coolie juice? Is this old Yes, yeah, so it would be coolie, yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's going to be in our single malt and that's actually a great way that we can uh, sort of caveat into that. So, and that's a way that many craft distilleries or smaller distillers as they get started, they often mm. are offering for sale sourced whiskeys. These guys are blending that sourced whiskeys in this case. But you guys are kind of at the forefront of the resurgence of the Very Irish whiskey so, movement. Yeah. One, being 10 years in, that's, that's now there's all these new upstarts, but you guys were yeah. one of the first of the new upstarts, yeah? Very much so, yeah, yeah. 
How did you personally get into it? And where is this, where is your distillery located? We're in Wicklow, which is just south of Dublin. Okay. Just far enough away, we say. Um, <laughs> but it's in, in the area known as the Garden of Ireland. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you very much. Beautiful. Ooh, I get coconut on that first oh one, my too. God. Coconut. Uh, I get cocoa nibs. Cocoa uh, cacao if, nibs. If we right, want right, right. to even... Uh, so we're going to change gears a bit here. Where we talked about this 1661 Christmas Day, all distillation is made illegal. Your rural distillers keep on distilling putching. Your big distilleries in your towns and in your cities, it's go big or go home. They started to... Uh, they get a grant to distill from the English, so they're paying the English tax. They increase their pot still capacity. They start um, really solidifying a grain that they're going to use, which is malted barley. And the style of whiskey that they set on is single malt, Irish single malt. And it took over the world for the next 300 years. And there's a joke that people have in Irish whiskey. What are the two things the Irish gave to the Scottish? We taught them how to make whiskey, and they ruined it. After that, we gave them kilts and forgot to tell them it was a joke. Oh. <laughs> so the original single malt was an Irish single malt, and there was no smoke, no peat to it, and that's because of the availability of coal, uh, of coal in your metro areas, where in your more rural areas in Scotland, they were using turf, they were using peat, mm -hmm. uh, and that's really what was seen at the time as more of an inferior, more of a, more of a, more of a dirty whiskey, where Irish whiskey was seen as more of a clean whiskey. Mm -hmm. So over the next... 300 years, you see this being the whiskey of choice of Queen Elizabeth, of Russian czars, of monarchs. It's the, the actual imported, uh, top imported whiskey into America till uh, prior to Prohibition. That's right. So we wanted to look at this very historic style of Irish whiskey, and we wanted to put a different sort of stamp on it. And the, it is an intersection between uh, brewing and distillation in Ireland. And originally, the Dublin Porter and the Plain Porter had this big, strong malt component. And so did the Irish single malts. And typically, you wouldn't think of Irish whiskies as being big and malty. So we actually worked with an ex-brewer from Guinness, a guy called William Harvey, who set up a small brewery a couple of blocks away and resurrected an old style of Dublin beer called a Plain Porter, also known as a Dublin Porter. So we actually give him our ex-whiskey barrels. He'll age one of his porters in it. We'll take that barrel back, and we'll age this single malt. So this is to sort of double step on that key component, that key flavor component that used to be very present within Irish whiskey and is, is not present this day until Can now. Can I see the label on this one, Step? And there's, what's the age statement on this one? So this is a seven-year age statement. It's actually just shy of eight years. So it's between six and nine months in contact with the porter cask. And it says Black Pitts single malt. Who's Black Pitt? Black Pitt is the name of the beer. Oh, And that's okay. a working class area of Dublin uh, where the uh, brewery is. But the, the actual beer, the porter, was actually named after porters. And there used to be a lot of porters that used to live and work there. Hard-working, heavy-drinking people. And this is something we see in the American craft distilling uh, movement a lot as well. It's like using really better beers to make more complex whiskeys, not mm. using like... You know, usually you go to a big distillery and their distiller's beer is not something you would sit down and drink a pint of. Correct. But you guys are using high quality beer that you would drink a pint of and then distilling that into a whiskey, yeah? Uh, we're not the distilling the beer itself. So this is 100% uh, malted barley, double distilled. Okay. Uh, aged in a bourbon cask for seven years. 
and then that cask is going to have a porter that's aged in it. Okay, so it's just a porter cask. And then we're going to okay. take, then we're going to put the whiskey back into that. Okay. So that's the double sort of step in the malt component to get that malt component from the porter into the whiskey, and it sort of double steps on it. So with this, it gets into this like dark chocolate, cocoa powder, vanilla. And I just bring everyone's attention if you want to roll this around the side of your glass and look at the legs down the side. This is very thick, very viscous. There's literally eating and drinking in this. Ooh, it's nice. What are you guys getting as you stick your nose in that glass? The Glen, how do I say this brand? Now? I told you we like to make things hard to pronounce. Glendalough. Glendalock. So, Glendalock. So think of like, think of your locks here or think of the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> Okay, Glendalock. This is the seven-year Black Pit single malt. Mm -hmm. What are you guys getting as you smell this? Glendalock. Some of the first folks in Los Angeles to try this single malt Irish whiskey as well. It's a special night. So does anyone remember the toast from like five minutes ago? <laughs> May the road rise with you. Uh, I, I, I meant an Irish, no? <laughs> no, yeah. uh, I, I turned off my Irish. Okay, no worries. <laughs> All right, Cheers. give it to us again. All right, Ganairi on Boherlat. Ganairi on Boherlat. Ganairi on Boherlat. There you go, I'll drink to that. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers to you guys. So this is very oh, thick, yeah. hangs right there. Oh, really? I do get this chocolatey, like dark Cho chocolate. Dark chocolate, cocoa nibs, creme brulee. Mm. This orange zest comes in at the back end, so mm. I think that's what was popping out on the nose. There's a nuttiness to it, too. What were you saying, Lauren? Root beer, root beer float. float. So we're getting a lot of root beer going on, sarsaparilla. Vanilla ice cream, because it's really chocolate. oily. What are we getting over here? We're sweeter side. Sweeter side, the, like desserty. Ooh. Treacle, okay. like molasses treacle type of thing. Yeah. So Stephanie's coming around with the third mark, and, and this is the total line for you guys right now? Or? Well, we are, we are uh, this is actually a nice jumping off point. So we have been geeking out about oak for the last number of years. Uh, we actually have our own forestry in the Wicklow Mountains where we've been doing a lot of experimenting with Irish oak. We have a very compelling pure pot still released that'll be released later this year. It's the first time that style of whiskey has been aged in that style of oak for over 300 years. But while we've been geeking out about oak, we, we learned of uh, Quercus mongolaca, which is uh, Mizunara, uh, which is a very, very weird breed of oak. Uh, and it's very, very soft, very porous, high percentage of moisture, uh, highest percentage of vanillins. So you can actually indent it with your fingernail. And no one should ever make a cask from it ever, because it's nearly impossible to work with. It's actually a weird quirk in time that anyone even works with this oak. Uh, it's after the Second World War, the early stages of the Japanese whiskey industry, they were using bourbon casks prior to that. And when they couldn't get bourbon casks after a trade embargo, uh, they started to chop down their own indigenous trees that take between 300 and 500 years to grow. Ooh. But Mizunara is, has this key component to it. They call it like a Cara influence, where it has a, a great intensity of flavor that it adds to it, a lot of sandalwood, a lot of honeycomb, and then even into this bright yellow fruit component. And we've really been trying to make remarkably different Irish whiskies and look at that flavor map and expand the flavor profile of what Irish whiskey can be. And we wanted to put this stamp on the, the historic Irish single malt. 
And it's been extremely well received. It actually got voted in the top 20 whiskies in the world by Whiskey Advocate. Wow. And it's the first time that this has ever been done. And it really just, it just jumps off and it goes down a complete rabbit hole. Um, now, yeah. the, 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 I mean, everybody like was taken aback at how old those trees are that they used to get the, the Mizunara, mm. the Japanese oak. Um, and it is a very much a protected species in Japan. They're very, very careful about the harvest uh, that they're allowed to take. Mm. And Suntory has their own little kind of growth Most for of it. it, yeah. But you guys are sourcing it from an independent yeah, cooperage in Hokkaido, in yeah. In oh, Northern way up Island. north, yeah. okay. Yeah, the oldest cooper in Japan actually um, actually works there and essentially runs the place. And there's 14 people who work in the cooperage. Wow. So that's going to give you an idea of the size. Wow. Um, and they actually don't write Glendalough Distillery on the barrels or anything like that. They just write Ireland. So if you look in the front of our 13-year, we just write Mizanara. So we just turn the favor like that. <laughs> um, but so what else are they, what kind of, what are they using the Japanese oak for at that uh, cooperage? Uh, it's it's for, for whiskey industry. Just yeah. for the And it's all industry. virgin casks. But for well. other small suppliers, not Suntory stuff. Correct, okay. yes. So what are you guys getting as you stick your nose in this glass? Glendalach. Pineapple, love it. Lemon. Lemon? Lemon. Flowers. Flowers. Right. I, I get a lot of tropical fruit. Do you know those mango health yeah, two foods? Two people said mango was the same time. Yeah, the dried mango yeah. all day long. Mm-hmm. All day long. And there's a certain funkiness to it, too. It's mm. cool. Like an incense, yeah, yeah. like a sandalwood. That, that, that's a key component to it, yeah. This is, this is a whiskey that's completely different on the front to the mid palate to the finish. And this is honestly a whiskey for solving all the world's problems at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers to all of you guys. Cheers. Mm. Beautiful right stuff. into that sandalwood in the mid. You get that malt, that oak sort of takes a little bit of a, a resurgent back in. And it gets into this like coconut and almond quality in the back end. Wow. So yeah. the Glindelach Irish whiskey, 13 years, Mizunara cast finish. You guys are some of the first folks in LA to try this whiskey. What do you guys think? Yeah, right? Very Pretty cool. amazing. Pretty amazing. And now the question that Stephanie was going to ask, I have to ask it on her behalf. What is this cool figure? That looks like an Irish monk with a pigeon in his hand. Very cool. So this Bear Grylls looking character in the front of every one of our bottles, that's St. Kevin. And St. Kevin was actually born into nobility in Ireland in the 6th century. He's supposed to be the next king, but he had this sort of independence streak to him and, and, and this sort of like wilderness to him. And uh, he didn't really want to go this path in front of him. So he goes over to the Wicklow Mountains. And he's doing a bit of soul searching going up the mountains. And he gets to one point at the top where he looks down, sees two pristine lakes, and he's drawn to them. And it said the second he went in between those two lakes, he became religious. And because of his strength of character, his charisma, his preaching, even the locality wanted to live around that holy man. And to this day, in between those two lakes, there's a 6th century monastic settlement called Glendalock. The story that's on the front of every one of our bottles is St. Kevin and the Blackbird. St. Kevin used to pray up to his waist in ice-cold water in the lower lake with his hands upstretched towards the heavens because monks were into that type of thing at the time. <laughs> but it said that he was very harmonious, very at one with nature. A blackbird flew down and landed into his hand. The blackbird was so at peace that she laid her eggs. And St. Kevin stood like that for two weeks until the hatchlings hatched and flew off. The reason we actually put this on our bottles is twofold. 
One, it's a nod back to the birthplace of distillation, to the, the, the first distillers in the world in monastic settlements like Glendalough. Mm -hmm. And this is the region where we're from. So we wanted to really nod back to that. The second is to this guy who had a, you know, did something very meaningful, something worthwhile, built a civilization in isolation in the Wicklow Mountains. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to do, build something meaningful, something worthwhile, and really make remarkably different Irish whiskies and really you know, be at the forefront of Irish distilling. And uh, that's really what drives us. So we want to stand apart in everything we do. So that's why we have to put it at the front of our bottles. That's beautiful. So you're just going to have to stand here with a whiskey bottle in your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until, I'm, I'm, I'm until sure Kim comes over and grabs it in. Yeah. It'll take about one minute. Uh, yeah. It'll be easy on the arms. Wow, really great stuff. Denal, so you guys are just starting to do your push into the States. Where are you currently available in the United States? So we are mostly in the Northeast, Mid-Atlantic. Uh, we just launched Florida and Texas. Uh, we just launched Colorado not too long ago, and this is our sort of push out. So it's a, it's a big time for us. We, we've, we've been uh, you, know, you know, in Irish whiskey for a long time and trying to make you know, remarkably different Irish whiskeys, as I say. And uh, it's just a pleasure to come out to the West Coast. I, we started in Massachusetts at the complete other corner of it. So it's been, been great to you come out made it out all there. the way here. This yeah. is great. And do you guys do tours at your new little distillery in Wicklow? Uh, not a current, we do tours about once a month. And it's, you have to make an a, a appointment because essentially it slows down all of our production when we have a big gang of people. We used to have our, uh, our address on the website. We just got like a bus full of Japanese tourists that like shut us down for a day. Uh, so we're currently building out a new facility and that's going to be in Lara, which is in, in Wicklow, closer to the actual monastic settlement. That's going to be set up for tours. Oh, cool. Um, so we're in the process of that and then we're producing pretty much 24-7 almost in the, in the current distillery in Newtown. And you guys have... Uh a pot still and a column still, or what's the setup? We have a hybrid still, and then we have a, a double pot. Oh, cool. Yeah. And you're ramping up production, I'm assuming, with very the new facility? So. Yes, very much so. So what's the goal in the next couple of years in terms of output? In terms of output, the, the, the big thing that we want to want to do and want to get out there is the pure pot still whiskey. Pure pot still is uh, our single pot still, as it's now called. It's a subcategory of single malt that can only be made in Ireland. Um, unmalted barley and malted barley, and to bring that Irish oak characteristic, which is like a, like a sticky toffee pudding characteristic, we want to bring that to it. So that's our big release. We have some higher end um, sort of connoisseurs collection, a 17 year Mizunara and a 25 year triple cast age, and that's the, the oldest, rarest stock that we have left, and it's some of the oldest and rarest Irish whiskey left in creation that people haven't drank already. Uh, so we have a 17-year Mizunara, and then we have a 25-year triple cask. That's bourbon into sherry into Irish oak. But knowing that they've only been in business for around 10 years, yeah. you know that that's some yeah. super rare coolie yeah. juice. And, and there, there's that's not a lot finished, of it yeah. that has been, uh, most of it has been drank when you get to that age. Molly, if I was going to get my hands on a bottle of that 13-year, how much is that going to run me? Wow, fancy yeah. Mizunara Irish whiskey. Yeah. The Glindana, Glindalock. <laughs> right. I'm trying. This is the unpronounceable, sir. Yeah. Well, it, it, like a lot of people with Irish names, like myself, um, we find it difficult going into Starbucks and all these places like Donal, Maeve, Queeving, Searsha, Dermid. 
Yeah. My last name is Shanahan. Is that like, is, that's pretty Irish, right? You're Irish enough, yeah. Irish I, I, enough. I, I, I wouldn't give you a passport. No? No. No, well. You give me one, I give you one. Yeah, that's not easy in this country at this time. Jeez. I'm lucky that I have a passport and I was born here. Jeez. There you go. Oh, my goodness. You guys, let's give it up for Danal O'Gallacor. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. The Spirit Guide Society is a Spirit Adventures production in association with Bitten from the Apple Productions. Special thanks to Tone Mesa for their post-production and audio services. The show is produced by Andrew Apple and me, Pedro Shanahan. Executive producer, Andrew Abrahamson. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spirit Guide SOC. We'll be there to answer any questions you have, share what we're drinking, and more. And if you're still thirsty, you can always find more episodes of the show wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to always drink responsibly. That means don't drink to forget, drink to remember.